church growth and church health, however you want to define either one of those, are both very complicated and very difficult to really narrow down. And as we've been talking over the last few episodes, we've been talking about church growth. And when we say church growth at Ministry Hackers, what we're really talking about is growing people to be disciples and to be disciple makers. And we've been talking about the things that keep churches from growing. And today what I want to do is I want to I want to focus in and reveal the number one reason churches don't grow. And it's and it's maybe what you think, maybe not, but it's going to be a little painful and it's going to hurt a little bit. But I think it's important for us to talk about because it's the number one thing that grows a church. And it's not necessarily how you're thinking of it. And so in this episode, we're going to talk about what that number one thing is that can grow your church and allow you to create an environment where disciples can become disciple makers and disciple makers can reach your community. So let's get started. So the big question is this, how do pastors like us who remain focused on the mission of Jesus and serving our communities without being distracted by everything in the world around us, how do we increase our effectiveness while living a lifestyle that doesn't compromise our health, our families, or our personal relationships with Jesus? That's the question this podcast is going to answer. I'm Dr. Brandon Party Cooper, and welcome to the Ministry Hackers Podcast. Welcome, everyone, to this episode of the Ministry Hackers Podcast. I hope you are doing wonderfully wherever you are and whatever it is you are doing. Uh, for those of you who are watching, you can see very well that I am back indoors. We, I have tried for the last two episodes to record outside, and it has not gone well. Yesterday, I caught in a rainstorm. And though I think the audio was okay, you could definitely hear the rain in the background. So I moved back inside to record today and uh, dive into this episode as we close out this week. It's Friday, and I hope you, as a pastor and ministry leader, have set aside some time somewhere in this weekend to enjoy your day, to relax, to get a little me time, to invest in you and your emotional and uh, spiritual and mental health and well-being. Uh, because that's what the weekends are for. They're not just for Sunday mornings. So hopefully you're getting some time to rest and relax and enjoy your day. So if you are new here to the Ministry Hackers podcast, I want to introduce myself. I'm Dr. Brandon Party Cooper. I am the founder here at Ministry Hackers. And our number one goal, our focus, what we really want to do here at Ministry Hackers is help you as a ministry leader, as a pastor. We want to help you live your dream life in ministry. And we are super excited about this summer because we are walking alongside you um, and inviting some of you to come alongside with us and, and allow me to help you discover what your dream life in ministry looks like. And if you're living your life in ministry where you are overwhelmed, you're anxious, you're, you, you, know, you have a million things on your plate, your staff is knocking on your door constantly saying, hey, I need this, hey, I need this, and, and you are just overwhelmed. And at the end of the day, you want to go home and spend time with your family, but really you can't because you didn't get all the stuff you needed done that you needed to that day. If that's you, and especially if you're on the extreme end of saying, I don't know if I can do this any longer. I'm really, I think I'm done with ministry. I think I'm ready to walk away. If that's you, then I want to encourage you before you do that. I want you to go to ministryhackers.com slash dream life, my dream life. And I want you to consider allowing me to partner with you this summer and really help you discover what your dream life in ministry is. Before you close the door, before you walk away, before you, uh, before you make any drastic decisions, I want to invite you to go to ministryhackers.com slash my dream life 
and let me see if you and I can work together to discover the dream life that God has created for you. It's out there waiting for you. And I think you just need the map to figure out how to find it. So again, go to mysteryhackers.com slash my dream life and discover what your dream life is this summer. Allow me to come alongside you. We'll walk through the map. We'll go through the steps. I will empower you and give you all the skills and everything you need to discover your dream life and start living the life in ministry that you imagined when you first started out, whenever that was. So again, ministryhackers.com slash my dream life. And uh, let's partner together and find your dream life in ministry so you can start living it as soon as possible. So in the last few episodes, we've been talking about how to grow a church. And when we talk about growth here at Ministry Hackers, uh, we understand that if you are investing in the growth of people, i.e. if you are discipling them and they become disciple makers, so we don't just give them a basic understanding of scripture and then that's it, but we really intentionally move them from from, you know, from attending and from sitting in the pew to their first time to, you know, maybe going through a newcomer's class. So we move them into a real uh, intentional designed discipleship experience and then move them on to the next step of becoming disciple makers. Then you will see numeric growth. But if you start chasing numeric growth on its own, as we talked about uh, a few episodes ago, if you're chasing numeric growth, then you're probably off track and your church is probably either plateaued or it's on a decline. And the reason is because you're trying to grow it instead of growing people. But if you're trying to grow your church, and and again, healthy discipling growth, if you're trying to grow that and it's not happening, and we've talked about different reasons why that has possibly, why that may be happening, but the number one reason I wanna talk about today, and the number one reason why churches do not grow the number one reason that churches plateau, the number one reason why they decline, the number one reason that churches, even good, strong, healthy churches, kind of crest over that hill and start to going, going down, the number one reason is because of a lack of pastoral leadership. Now, I know that is difficult for us to hear as pastors and ministry leaders. You know, we work hard. We invest a lot. We spend extra hours. We, you know, we do everything we can sometimes. Some of us do. We spend as much as we possibly can and we invest and love people as well as we can. And sometimes our churches just don't grow. And so it's a little bit even, even insulting to hear that, hear some guy on a podcast say, hey, the reason your church isn't growing is because of you. And I get it. I'm a pastor. I, you know, I've, I've been there. I've walked that path. I, you know, I've talked about on here how my youth group, my first ministry position was a youth group. Um, and I grew it from 24 to 10 in a year and it was painful and it hurt. But at the end of the day, there was nobody to blame but me. And I understood that. And I've learned over the years how everything in, in the ministry that I'm in, it always comes down to me. So even if there's people in uh, you know, people causing trouble, if there are people that are inept, it, whatever the excuses are, it still always comes down to us as pastors and ministry leaders. Now, here's, here's the caveat that I throw out there is that many of us, not all of us, but many of us are doing the very best we can. We either did not have great training we have been hurt along the way. We've had board members or congregants 
attack us. There are lots of reasons why our leadership as pastors can, can be not as well as it should be. And so I'm not here to throw stones. I'm not here to say that you shouldn't be in ministry. I, no, that's not me at all. But one of the things that I see across the board in my 20 plus years of ministry, in the hundreds of churches that I've been to, seen, worked with, advised, whatever, the one inescapable truth that I have landed on and will hold tightly to is that if a church does not have good, healthy, strong pastoral leadership, it will not grow. And if it does grow numerically, it's not necessarily healthy growth, which is one of the reasons why here at Ministry Hackers are focusing so much on you as a pastor and ministry leader living your dream life in ministry. Because I, I'm inundated all the time. Emails, on Facebook, I'm inundated in all of the avenues of communication with ways to grow my church. And all of them are filled with tactics and, and ministry styles and different things like that. And, and, and a lot of them are great. And a lot of them will grow the church numerically. And some will grow the church with, uh, through healthy disciple, discipleship and disciple making. So, so that's definitely, you know, that's definitely one of the options that's out there, but the focus is always on, on church growth. And so our goal here at ministry hackers is not to help you to grow your church. Although that is a part of what we're doing. Our goal here really is to invest in you as a pastor and ministry leader, because what I believe at the end of the day, again, based on everything they've seen, all the pastors I've worked with, is that if if you as the pastor and ministry leader of your ministry, if you will grow, if your leadership will grow, um, if you will, if you learn how to lead people, invest in people, uh, multiply yourself in people, mentor people, if you will do those things, disciple them into a deeper relationship with Jesus, if you can do that, and if you get better and better and better at that, then your church will grow because your people will grow and they will naturally draw other people in and your church will numerically grow because churches all over the country are declining and, and falling off. Now, some of that is because the church is not making an impact in the communities. Some of that, but again, I would still go back to, that's also a leadership problem. And so if you're, if let's just say you, in your community, um, let's say that you have a bad reputation in your community. And so people aren't coming to your church. If that's the case, then you as the pastor and ministry leader need to either lead your people in a way that gets them out in the community and changes the mentality of the community towards your church, or you as the pastor and ministry leader need to get out of the community and start leading the community because there was a day long ago when the pastor in the local community was one of the smartest people and one of the best leaders. There was a day where that was the case. And that was a long time ago. And probably in the last several decades, that's that's diminished. And I think that a lot of that is because as pastors, we have ceased to lead well. And part of it is because we're too overwhelmed to really invest in our own leadership. And of the pastors that I know that are that are pastoring growing churches, that are reaching their community, that are doing great things for God, the things they don't do are make excuses. They don't sit back on what they used to do. 
they don't blame everybody else in the congregation or the board or their leadership, their pastors. They don't blame them. What they do is they own the situation. They own their current state. If their church is in plateau or decline, they own that. And they say, okay, I'm the pastor. So either one of two things, either I need to lead better and get us out of this, or I need to leave and allow somebody else to come in. Now, I am not advocating that any of you who are out there listening, any ministry hackers out there that are listening to this, I'm not advocating that you should leave your current position unless God is leading you that direction, unless God is impressing upon you, it is time to transition out. But I'm not saying that you look around and you say, well, my church is plateaued or my church is in decline. So it's probably time for me to leave. I'm not saying that. What I am saying is, is if God has not, is not moving you on, then it's time to buckle down and invest in yourself. Invest in your leadership development, invest in your growth, invest in your personal well-being, invest in your mental health, invest in how you lead. One of the biggest things that I see in pastors who don't lead well is they lack confidence. And so they lean on their position and their authority to lead their people. And that is a recipe for disaster. Positional leadership does not work in everyday life. It works in the military. It works in emergency situations. It works in disasters. But in everyday life, it does not. And the reason is, is because when you're trying to lead by position, it's the lowest level of leadership influence. As pastors and ministry leaders, we should be leading through relationships, through strong character, through... Uh, uh, collaboration with those who we lead, we should be leading in confidence from those standpoints. And most of us don't. Again, I get it because most of us are, are operating out of our hurt and our pain. Most of us have been betrayed or somebody's turned their back on us. People close to us, even you know, staff members maybe have, have hurt us along the way. So it's hard for us to trust. It's hard for us to give up authority. It's hard for us to lead well when we're in deficit. But it's absolutely necessary if we want to stay in ministry. If we want to continue to make a difference, change lives, advance the kingdom of God, and grow our churches in spiritual health, we have to be better leaders. And I'm not saying that you or I need to be some great Andy Stanley leader or a Mark Batterson leader or, uh, you know, whoever, whoever that pastor is out there that you think is the best. I'm not saying you have to be that. I'm saying you have to be better today than you were yesterday. I'm saying you have to be better next year than you are this year. And I'm saying in order to get there, you have to invest in you along the way. We talk about the dream life, uh, living your dream life in ministry. And it's a five-step map that we go through. And the number two step in that, number two is crafting your leadership approach because everyone, ha every one of us has one. We all have different approaches, approaches to leadership. And so my question is for you and my challenge for you today, as we wrap up this week and go into the weekend is think about what gaps in leadership do you have? Does your leadership approach, number one, is it working for you? Is it the way you want it or are you doing it out of survival? Are you leading people in a way that makes them feel empowered, loved, and valued? 
Because if not, then you need to change something. Are you leading in such a way that you're able to delegate things out and walk away and not worry about whether it's being done or not? Are you leading in such a way that when you come to the end of the day, you feel refreshed, you feel fulfilled, and you're happy with the people that you're getting to spend time with? Because if you're not able to answer yes to those questions, then my, my guess is your leadership has either worn down, you're beyond what you have learned, and you're now just working on instinct. Some of, the, some of us can do that. Some of us can live on instinct for a while. We have natural leadership abilities. But some of us just do not. And I'll be honest with you, some of the best leaders that I've ever known, the greatest leaders that I've been around, most of them are not natural leaders. Most of them because they're not natural leaders, have intentionally put in the hard work and effort to become great leaders, and they are. And their churches reflect that. And I'm not talking about high charisma. I think sometimes in ministry we can get that idea that, that growing churches require this high charismatic leader, and that's just not the case. One of the greatest leaders I have ever known that was one of my mentors that I've had a lot of upfront personal observation and learning from is one of the humblest, I would say one of the one of the quietest pastors I've ever been around. He is very unassuming. He walks into a room and he almost can blend in if nobody knows who he is. But his leadership ability and his spiritual connection with God and his relationship with God make him one of the most powerful leaders I've ever been around. And so it doesn't have to be charisma. You don't have to be high, highly charismatic. You just have to be a better leader today than you were yesterday and next year than you are this year. And that means you have to invest time and you have to invest energy. And you have to actually put in the effort to become better. If you want your church to grow, the number one way to grow your church is to grow yourself. It's not growing your people. It's not building more programs. It's not creating more ministries. All of those things will help, but none of them will work if you as the leader are not growing. The number one reason churches plateau and decline is because of a lack of pastoral leadership. And so again, as we come into this weekend and, and, and you end this episode and you ponder the things that I'm saying, start asking yourself, am I the leader that I envisioned myself to be? Or have I settled for some sort of leadership that is less than my best? And again, I get it. A lot of us, if we are not our best leader, if we are not who we envision ourselves to be, it's either because we got off track, we got hurt, we were betrayed, we ran out of time, we're too overwhelmed. What, whatever the reasons are, we can overcome those. So again, that's why in, in, in the whole process of living your dream life and ministry, the focus a lot of that is in developing you as a leader growing you as a leader, identifying what your leadership style really is, what your strengths are, and how to best use those strengths to be the best leader you can be. So you're not trying to be a leader that you see, but you're the leader that God's created in you. That's the whole goal, because once you start operating in your own leadership style and the way that you're designed to work, when you start doing that, everything changes. You love what you do. You love your leadership. You love leading people. You're highly effective and impactful when you do it because you're operating in the way God has created you to operate. So as we wrap up today, 
want to invite you to ask yourself the question, am I the leader that I need to be for the mission that God has given me for this church? And if the answer is no, then start asking the questions, how do I become that leader? What growth do I need to see? What things do I need to do in order to become the leader God has called me to be? Because you deserve it. Your church deserves it. Your family deserves it. And quite honestly, God deserves it. God deserves the best out of you. And I think you know that. You, I mean, you know that. You wouldn't be here if you didn't. And so it's time to figure it out. Let's figure it out together. Again, I want to invite you. If, if you want help, you want somebody to come alongside you, then let's do it. Ministryhackers.com slash my dream life. Let's spend some time together. Let's work on figuring out how to live your dream life. And one of the steps in that is crafting your leadership style designed specifically for you. Let's do that. Let's figure it out. Let's get you on track to living your dream life in ministry so that you can pastor that growing church, invest in your people, love on them, build disciples so they will become disciple makers that will change the world. That's what we're called to do. And I want to help you get there. All right. Hope you have a wonderful day and a wonderful weekend. And we'll see you in the next episode.